Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. All right, how you guys doing? Are you awake, citizens? Hey, serious question. What would you rather be doing on a Wednesday night than being right here? Am I right? Watching Stranger Things? Is that like... Really? Welcome to like, that's like so 2017, man. Wow. So 2017. Are you guys doing well for real? I've, uh, I've missed you guys. Am I allowed to say that? Is that like not, is that weird? I'm just kidding. I didn't miss you. I'm tough. No, I missed you, man. I've missed you. Thank you guys. Many of you guys have sent me text messages saying, Sam, we're praying for you. Or Sam, we miss you. Or Sam, where's that baby? You know, and I'm like, I don't want to put my baby anywhere near you yet. Uh, like, true story. Um, my mother-in-law came, came over last week, you know, and uh, she's like, I'm here to help, you know? And so it's your mother-in-law, right? This is like her grandbaby. And I just like, I'm a pretty laid back guy, kind of, right? Right? Ish? Dang it. Never mind, right? I'm a normal guy, but like, this is the second time in my life that I've had a kid and I do the same thing every time. I literally become like a grizzly bear, Right? Like, people want to come in the room, and I'm like, wash your hands seven times. You know, it's just, you become so just, like, protective, you know what I mean? And so I just, my mother-in-law, I was like, I, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to hold the baby just yet, you know? She was here for, like, seven days before she finally held the baby. But it's like a tiny little premature baby, you know? He's in the NICU, and so, um, yeah, he'll, you'll be meeting him very soon, very soon. Um, by the time he's five, for sure, he'll be allowed to leave. Um, and, and go into public. But seriously, thank you guys for the prayers. I'm excited to be back. How many people coming to camp next week? Those are the ladies. Where are the guys at? Any guys coming to camp next week? <laughs> yeah. It's always like, I don't know what it is. It's just group think. Like whenever you're in a room and somebody like says to make noise, like, Woo! and then the guys are like, what did I just do? I'm sorry. You know, who's not going to camp next week? right? Hey, seriously, if you're not coming to camp next week, this is the last week to register. We're leaving like in one week. You know that? Like seven days. Okay. Plus three. All right. So you guys got, you got, you got to be there. All right. You coming, Roly? All right. We already know what it is, man. We're doing it. So before we go, before we go, we're going to continue our ethos series here. And I want you to imagine for me, I want you to imagine with me. You're probably wondering why you are sitting like this, right? Good to see you. Welcome. You're probably wondering why we're sitting in these chairs. And it's because, it's because I want you to imagine it's your first day of school. First day of school. But listen, not, not in your school though. Not at Union, not at Evergreen. I want you to imagine it's your first day of school in a brand new school. All right. All right. So you just moved across the country. It's your first day of school. You're a high schooler, let's say. Middle schooler, perhaps even. Those exist. And you go to school. You're a little bit nervous. You know, how many people know you're feeling a little bit something right here, right? Maybe you live a little bit here. No? Okay. You feel a little bit nervous. And you, go, you show up to first period and you're like, whew, that was easy, right? It was cake. It was math class. I didn't have to do nothing. Show up to second period, you're like, woof, English class, nailed it, because I speak English, no problem, right? You go to third period, do a little bit of biology, you know about the biology, right? And then after third period comes the most intimidating, nerve-wracking scene that any new kid can possibly experience. You conquered math class. You aced biology. You spoke the English, but you were not ready on your first day of school to enter the cafeteria. How many people know what I'm talking about, right? How many people know what I'm talking about, right? You're here right now. You want, what makes the cafeteria so intimidating, right? What? What is it? Because, because I want to be in the right group, right? Yeah. Do you even have cafeterias in sixth grade? Right? We sit in our cubbies. <laughs> yeah, you do, right? You walk into the cafeteria and you're like, dude, I didn't realize how good I've had it all day. 
I had an assigned seat in math class. I had a row in biology. When I was in the English, it was just like, boom, I was in alphabetical order. But you walk into the cafeteria, it is the jungle, right? And you walk into that jungle and you were like, where am I going to sit? And true to nature, true to the teenager species, you walk in the cafeteria and everybody is already clicked up, right? You know what I'm saying? You walk in the cafeteria and you already know, oh, it's that corner of the table, right? Oh, I found the band people, right? I found, <laughs> I found the band person. She's sitting by herself, right? You, all, you look over to this side of the cafeteria and you go, dude, I found the football players. How did you know? Because they're snorting milk and oh, they're all wearing their jerseys. You know what I'm talking about? Come on. Football players, I'm being right, right? Who else do you see in there? I found the musical kids, right? Why? Because they're all singing high school musical on top of their tables, right? They're all like, oh my gosh, Hamilton. I know all the words to Hamilton. I'll never forget seeing the seventh grade little girl rapping Hamilton every single word. I was like, you're in middle school. We're at track. What are you doing? But Hamilton is my life, right? We put her in the two mile. Right? She's still running out there. You walk into the cafeteria and everybody, like, just, you know where you belong. But if you're a new kid, you're like, where do I go? Who do I sit with? Can I sit with you, dude? Oh, that's reserved. My bad. All right, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't belong here. Do I, can I sit with you guys? Can I? Can, oh, man. Hey, can I maybe? You, who am I going to sit with? This cafeteria dynamic this, this, this tendency to draw lines and to separate ourselves based on who we are and what we do in our affinity groups, that has not changed forever. I'm here to tell you that for 2,000 years, the cafeteria scene that happened on the first day of school in your school, that happened 2,000 years ago. And so today, I want to take you on a little cafeteria throwback, all right? No, no, I, I know I paid you to do that, but you got to wait for the right. Remember we talked, right? <laughs> Cafeteria throwback tonight. <laughs> Why do I pay the middle school girls to cheer for me? I should know by now, right? It's because my guys won't do it. I want to take you on a little cafeteria throwback, and you guys are going to help me recreate the scene. Is that cool? So I'm going to introduce you. Get out. I'm just kidding. I'm going to introduce you to a few different uh, sections of the cafeteria. There are three to be exact, and you guys are going to help me reenact those. Is that cool? All right, so the first section, first section, let me see who I have here. We're going to do this table. <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely this table. And they're dapping. They have no idea what they're about to be. Definitely this table. I apologize, but it's you guys too. Um, yeah, definitely you guys, seniors, right? You guys are going to be, ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are the Pharisees. No, no, yeah, they look like Pharisees? All right, they're the Pharisees, all right? So I want you to stand up. If you are a Pharisee, stand up. Right now, stand up, stand up. If you're a Pharisee, I want you to say it with me. Say, we're holy. No, 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 no. I, listen, I want you to say, like, do you guys know who the Pharisees were? Pharisees, right? The Pharisees, these were like the religious leaders, right? These were like the spiritual elite, okay? These, these were your teachers, right? You may have not liked them, but at the end of the day, you're like, no, nah, man, you got to respect, got to give it up for the Pharisees, right? These were the kind of people, <laughs> these, were the kind, these were the kind of people, dude, that like, they knew everything about the Bible, Okay? They went to the greatest extent. They gave up so many sacrifices so that they could follow even the smallest little detail. Say it, say it. We're, holy. we're working on it, right? They're waking up, but they're holy. And so these are the kind of people that they knew more. Hey, stand up, Pharisees, right? They knew, they knew that they knew more than you, right? These are the kind of people that if you sat next to them in the cafeteria, you'd go, man, they are so smart and I feel so little, all right? And so they walk around, and so let's practice, right? Pharisees, hey, Pharisees, sit. Bro, the whole room is looking at you right now, bro. Really, Jacob? For real? Look, right? And so you stand up and you gotta have, you gotta have this like air about you, like <laughs> little person, right? Say, we're holy. 
Okay, we're going to practice that throughout. All right, you sit down. You sit down. You. Sit down. You're welcome. All right. Pharisee, say it. You don't have to stand. Just say it. These are Pharisees, dog? All right, we're going to come over here. You ready? Here we go. We got boom. One, two, three, four, five. You five tables, stand up. Stand up. I'm going to introduce you to our tax collectors, all right? Ooh. Making that paper. Tax, tax collectors, I want, you to, I want you to say with me. Tax collectors, I want you to say with me, give me your money. No, 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 no. Like, like I want you, I want you to say it like, uh, like you from where are you from? Like you're from Alabama, right? Give me your money. Say it from that. Give me your money. Okay. Pharisees. Guys, 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 listen, this is only going to work if we are in this to win this, all right? Pharisees? Okay. Tax collectors? Give me your money, right? However you want to sit down, sit down, sit down, tax collectors. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Everybody else stand up. Stand up. You guys, you guys. You guys. Oh, actually, I do need some disciples. Sit down. Sit down. I need three disciples. Peter, you're one. Are there any Andrews in the room? Is there a Simon or an Andrew? Is there a John? I already... Uh, all right. What are you? Joshua? That's close enough. Come on. Disciple. <laughs> he doesn't read his Bible. He's like, I'm a disciple. Yeah, you're a disciple. Go out there. Go. My disciples, go. I need one more disciple. Um, uh, to Michael's not a disciple. Come on, who? If you have a disciple name, tell me. Jadrian. Oh my gosh. Nobody else wants to be my disciple. Christian Bale, go. More. Oh Matthew, go. Matthew. <laughs> no Matthew, you stay. I need you. Nah, Matthew, go. Go, Matthew, go. All right. So I have disciples. Where are my Pharisees at? Where are my tax collectors at? I gotta see the. I gotta see the fist. Give me your money. Everybody else stand up. Hurry. Come on, come on, come on. Everybody else stand up. You guys are the crowd. All right? Now listen. 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 That means the crowd is kind of cool. First of all, you never heard of Pharisee surfing. You only hear of crowd surfing, right? So you got that going for you. That's pretty cool. But the other thing here, you guys are going to let the other people know what you think about them. So every time the Pharisees speak, I want you to go, mmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so Pharisees. Okay, okay. And every time the tax collectors speak, I want you to boo them out of the room. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. Tax collectors. I like it. Sit down. I like it. I like it. This is demoralizing. It should be. It should be. And so here's what's going on here, okay? Here's what's going on. Back in the day, shh, shh back in the day, Back in the day, these tax collectors, the reason why these tax collectors are being booed is because the way that they made their money was by robbing yours. (laughs) Pharisees, now we're talking, right? But yo, so check it, check it, check it. This is crazy, right? So literally, I don't have my wallet on me. Literally, the Roman governors, they would come and get taxes, right? So everybody here, run up your money. Everybody here, run up your money, right? They would come and collect taxes. And the Roman governors, they said this. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Every table you go to, you owe us $10. Anything more than that that you take from them, that's yours. So they would go around, and instead of just collecting the 10 bucks that they needed to pay the Roman governors, they'd go, yeah, taxes are uh, 40 bucks. Yeah, 40, tax, tax collectors, 40 bucks. Yeah. 40 bucks. Yeah. All right, are we getting the scene here? Are you starting to understand what side of the cafeteria they're sitting on? All right. Are you starting to understand what people thought about that side of the cafeteria? Are you getting it? All right. My disciples, please come and join me. Where are my disciples at? Disciples, come in this way. Pharisees, what do you think about yourselves? Mm. 
Maybe even, maybe even one person, like maybe the Pharisees are so respected, maybe even one person goes, we love you, right? Every time they do that, maybe. We love you. Yeah, just like, you know, okay. Tax collectors, where are you at? All right. My disciples, come on up here. Welcome. These are my disciples. I told you this is a cafeteria throwback. So here's my question. Here's my question. Make sure we got the cafeteria. Make sure we get, dude, you guys look dope. Those are my curtains. Michelle, those are my curtains from my house. That's what my wife gave you? That's hilarious. You look good though, bro. You look good. You look good. All right. So here's the thing. One more time. Pharisees, what do you think about yourselves? Tax collectors, what do you say? Give me your money. Now here's the question. Now here's the question. First day of school, ancient cafeteria, right? This is a throwback. You showing up in the cafeteria 2,000 years ago, and I walk in, it's my first day, and what's my name? Jesus. And so here's the question. Here's the question. Who does Jesus sit with? Shh, 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 shh. This is the cafeteria. We have our Pharisees, we have the crowd, we have the tax collectors, and as we walk into the cafeteria, I want you to ask yourself the question, who does Jesus sit with? And this is what we're gonna find out in our story, starting in Matthew 9. So let's check out the first scene of our story, the first scene, you ready? Are you guys comfortable? You look dope, for real though, don't they look good? They look good, I mean like real good, right? That's good, here we go. Scene one, here we go, starting in verse nine. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. Where are the tax collectors? And he said to him, follow me. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. This is scene one, friends. Scene one of our movie tonight is the call, all right? The call. Let's look at the call, right? We show up here, and here we go, verse nine. It says that Matthew is sitting where? The tax collector. He's sitting at the tax booth. Dude is doing his dirty work. He is at work. He is being caught in the act. It's not like Jesus went to the golf course, you know, he's like, and he's golfing. He's like, hey, man, hey, Matthew. So what do you do for a living as we're out here on the golf course? Oh, I am... Um, I'm in some lucrative business, you know what I mean? And he, like, they're not somewhere, like, playing where, like, he can kind of maybe lie about what he's doing. He can maybe spin it in a, in a light. Like, dude is sitting in the tax booth. He's right here swindling people. He is doing his work. And so Jesus knows exactly who he is. Jesus comes and he calls Matthew while he's at work. He literally knows who he is. And so I need a Matthew. I need a Matthew. Come here, Matthew. He comes and he says to Matthew, hey, buddy, nice to see you, Matthew. What, well, you're a tax collector. What do you think about that? It's pretty good. No! What do you think about that? It's bad. What do you say as a tax collector? your money. He's a tax collector. Crowd, what do you think about him? We love you, Taurus. Pharisees, what do you think about yourselves? So Jesus shows up, shows up to Matthew while he's at work. And look what he says. He says, follow me. All right. He's not saying, like, like, I can imagine Matthew being like, Jesus, what a weird time for like, follow the leader. Why are we playing this game? You know, is that what he means? Like, Hey, let's follow me. Is he saying, Hey, Matthew, let's go for a walk. It'll be fun. Let's like go for a physical walk. Is he saying that? No, No? come on. Keep going. Right. Follow me. Is he saying, Hey bro, I need like, I'm on the way home and I need to go move a couch. Can you follow me to help me go move my couch? Is that what he's saying? When Jesus says to Matthew, follow me, he's saying, with your life, follow me. He's saying, make me the master. Oh, yeah, you stand right there, dude. You're you're not going anywhere. You're part of my play. You're the star tonight, right? He's saying, with your life, follow me. He didn't say, hey, why don't you just add a little Jesus? Why don't you just add a little spirituality to your side hustle over there, tax collector? Hey, tax collectors, I know you're making a ton of money. You do you, but maybe put a little bit of Jesus in that mix. 
When he says, follow me, he's saying with everything in your life, the direction of your life, the very goal of your existence, the thing toward which all of your life moves, make that me. Follow me. And if you've been at Citizens for any amount of time, you know what we talk about here. We say that every single one of you is following something. Every single one of you has something or someone that is sitting on the throne of your heart. Every single one of you has a thing or a person that you say, that's what my life is going toward. That's the goal of my life. Whatever that says, when it says jump, I jump. When it says do this, I do this. And so Jesus comes and he says, follow me, meaning I want you to change direction. I want you to leave that and I want you to follow me. I want you to change the direction of your life. I want you to do a course adjustment here and you are now following me. I want to be your master. And what does Matthew say? Hey dude, you know what? It's kind of busy season right now. So after I like make some moolah, I'll look you up. Hey man, like I, I hear the whole Jesus thing. I got you, bro. But tell you what, I'm gonna like do me first. And when I graduate high school, maybe do a little bit of partying at college, then I'll like follow you. Hey man, you know what? It's just not a good time. I got a party this Friday. I'm gonna kick it with the homies, but I'll call you on Sunday, right? Sunday night. We'll start next week. First thing, we'll just get a, start, a fresh start. No, it says he rose and he followed him. He rose, come here. He rose and he followed him. He is, in, he is about to begin a course correction for his life. Follow me, follow me. That's the call. That's what this is about, okay? Not because of his resume, not because he was the man, not because he was holy, he wasn't. What were you saying a minute ago? Give me your money. Yeah. And so Jesus chooses him and calls him to follow him and he responds and he responds. Let's do this. Let's look at the next scene, right? You just got the best offer of your life, right? I mean, like a minute ago, everybody was booing you. Like everybody hated you. Everybody hated him and he knew it. And he goes, yeah, it sucks, but what else am I gonna do? Yeah, it sucks, but this is who I am. So I should just accept the fact that nobody's ever gonna be with me. And yet this Jesus guy shows up and he says, no, I'm choosing you. This is the best offer he's ever received in his life. And so he calls him to follow. Let's look at the next scene, verse 10. As Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. Hey, disciples, how you doing? Good. The disciples were also mute. So Jesus would heal them later. So imagine, I want you to imagine you're Matthew now, right? Imagine you're Matthew and you just got invited out of the hate group. You're being brought and Jesus says, hey, you're coming to my house. Hey, we're gonna go kick it. I'm gonna invite you over to meal. Imagine what's going through his head. What, is, what have people been telling him his whole life? Boo. And so he's about to go and kick it with Jesus and his disciples. And imagine the thoughts that are going through his head. What if I'm unaccepted? Like, I, what if they know my past? Like, what about those, like, they've been following Jesus way longer than he has. I mean, like, what if they don't like that? Like, what if, what if I don't fit in? Have you been there before? You come to youth group, you show up to a camp, and you go, man, I would love to be a part of this. I would love to be part of this Jesus crowd, but like, man, they, those people grew up in it, man. They've been following Jesus way longer than me. I mean, what if, what if they find out what my past was? What if they found out what I did earlier this school year? What if they found out what my reputation was in middle school and high school? Imagine what's going through his head. And so here it is. He's about, he shows up and he rings the doorbell. He rings the verb, the, the, the doorbell that makes noise. Okay. He walks in. <laughs> Thank you. Sound effects, right? He walks in, he goes up and he sits at the table. Right. I got you, bro. I won't make you fall. Right. And so it says that they're reclining. So whenever you see in the Bible that they're reclining at table, that's like Bible talk for like, they're kicking it and grubbing it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, hey, come and recline at table with me. You're like, we want to lay down on my table? No, 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 no. What would happen was there, there actually wasn't this table. Like they would literally put the food on the floor, like on a rug. Have you guys ever seen this? They still do this in the Middle East, right, Haney? Yeah, they do. Thanks. Okay. Um, and so they put the food on the floor and they're literally just like, they like lay, they're like just chilling. What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Yo, pass the matzah, right? Let's Give me that hummus. Just give me a little something, right? And they're just reclining and they're kicking it and they're doing this. As a matter of fact, yo, you guys, you guys need some bread, right? You guys want some bread? You guys can open up your bread. We're about to recline at table, okay? 
Here you go. You need some bread, right? So there, grab a piece there. Boom. All right? Pharisees, how you doing? Pharisees, how you doing? All right, that's cool. Yeah. And so they're reclining at table. And so here's what you're doing. Yes, you see it? Look, you guys are doing it. You see it? Do you see what just happened? As soon as you broke the bread, as soon as you opened up the bags, you came alive, right? You started talking. You you start doing this? Across all cultures, across all time periods, what you guys, look what she just did. That was beautiful. Dude, get it. Instagram that, right? Like what you just did when you just passed her the bread and she ripped it out of your hand. No, you can eat it. You got, everybody look, 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 look. See this? You see, you know what this means, what you guys just did? This is the universal symbol for acceptance. This is the universal symbol for we cool. (laughs) To eat with someone is a giant statement that says, hey, we're friends, we're equals, come and be with me. And so looking, 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 that's a word, looking, looking here, friends, right? He comes, they not only invite him in, They not only welcome him, they let him sit at the same table and they're reclining together and they're breaking bread. Eat it. And they're eating bread and they're licking their lips and they're rubbing their bellies. And they're, I'm just kidding, I'm sorry, right? (laughs) It says that they're reclining together and that they're eating together, okay? But is is he the only tax collector there? Guys, look, look at the text. Look at the text. Is Matthew the only tax collector there? No. No. And so Matthew, I need you to go and I gave you an invitation. I now want you to pass on an invitation. All right? Go pass an invitation on. Look at Matthew. Come on. Hey, where are you going, Matthew? Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Jump in there, man. He just invited you, right? You're a tax collector? Yes. Cool, all right? But, hey, but are you, are you not reading the Bible? Look at the party here. How, how many people are here? Many. Many. So, right, right. Come on, man. Read your Bible. Let's go. Tax collectors. Right. <clears throat> you just sit up, sit up right here, man. Just sit right up on, on the top there. You can just, yeah, all right. This is good. This is good. Disciples, wave. Hi, disciples. The veterans, they obviously know how, the, how this goes. They, they wear the proverbial... Jesus headdresses, um, it's in the Bible, um, and then look at those tax collectors, man. Many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. What do you guys think about the tax collectors? Hey, all right, all right, seriously though, hey, guys, seriously though, seriously though, these are the scumbags. Listen, I know, hey, I know I'm trying to be a little bit funny here, but like, let's be real. These are the scumbags. These are the people that they come and they steal money from you while you're trying to feed your family. These are the people that have no knowledge of God's law. They have no regard for God's commandments. These are the people that if they were to have like a basic God 101 test, they would get like nothing right because all they look out for is themselves. These are the scumbags of society. And yet, look at this scene. Are they playing cards? (laughs) Hey, whatever works, right? Look at this scene. Jesus and his disciples are kicking it and grubbing with the tax collectors. Why? What is going, like, like, dude, you guys have nothing to do with God. Do you know who they are? Boo, right? These are the scumbags. And yet Jesus is kicking it with them. And you know how? You know how this scene happened? Do you know how this amazing, confusing scene took place? God sovereignly reached this group of tax collectors. How? How did he sovereignly reach this community of tax collectors? How, friends? Right here. In God's, so- shh, in God's sovereignty, he reached a community of scumbags, a community of tax collectors, because he called one of them. 
And so think about this. By calling a person to follow him, God sovereignly made inroads to that person's circle of influence now. Do you see how cool that is? Like, think about it. When Jesus called Andrew, which one do you want to be Andrew? You want to be Matthew? He's Matthew. Oh, it's a different Matthew. We'll go leave it. When Simon Peter here, when Simon Peter got called, and when Simon Peter, the fisherman, left his nets, you don't read in the very next verse, and a bunch of tax collectors and sinners were hanging out with Jesus. No, because that's not who Simon Peter's crowd was. That wasn't his circle of influence. He reached a fisherman, and lo and behold, in the next few verses, we find fishermen there. What did it take for Jesus to reach a group of tax collectors? It took, it took a tax collector. It took him calling a tax collector to follow him and then sending him. Imagine what it was like, dude, right? We just saw him. He was, Torrens being funny. He gets over there and goes, hey, get on the table. He throws them. But like, imagine for real though, like all your tax collector homies, they know that you're a scumbag, right? Because they're scumbags together. All your tax collector homies, they, say, they see you get called away with this Jesus guy. They see you close up your shop, drop the gate, throw away the keys, and they see you go with this Jesus guy, and then you show up the next week. Imagine. You're a tax collector, and you have the audacity to show your face at the tax collector farmer's market the next week, right? How do you begin in telling them about your experience with Jesus, Right? Where do you even begin? Like, have you ever wondered that of like, what would it be, be like for me to share Jesus with my friends? You ever think about that? Dude, I, <laughs> I, I used to have these pictures in my mind when I was a kid and, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was my own grandeur or bad influences, but I used to have this idea that if I really wanted to tell my friends about Jesus, if I really wanted to share the gospel with people, it was gonna take me going into the cafeteria one day <laughs> jumping on a table and saying, my fellow Pleasant Valley Bears, I'm here to tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lend me your ear, country, cross-country runners. Lend me your ear, musical high school people. Let me tell you what Jesus has done for you. 2,000 years ago, a man died on a cross. Is it any wonder when we talk about like sharing your faith with friends, you pee your pants? Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder when we talk about being a witness or, or, or evangelizing to your friends and telling them the gospel, is it any wonder we like fear? Because we picture that scene, right? Do you think Matthew showed up to the tax collector's market and did that? Like, do you think he busted out a sermon going, hear ye, hear ye, fellow tax collectors, you are all going to hell and you need to repent. You know what I think happened? I think Matthew experienced something profound. Matthew went back to his homies and he, all he did was just tell them what happened to him. You know? He went back to his homies, tax collectors, where are you at? Give me your money. <laughs> Poor kid, it's like he's in sixth grade, it's his first day here, he's getting booed. He's gonna have problems for the rest of his life, right? And so he shows it to the tax collectors and he gives them the most profound, life-changing message that he can offer them. He says, hey, you know how everybody hates us, tax collectors? I say, yeah. Hey, you know how everybody boos us when we walk okay. in? You know how everybody thinks we're the scum of the earth? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you, there's actually a guy. His name is Jesus. And I can't explain it to you, but he accepted me. Like he actually, he, he actually like invited me to his table and, and he gave me bread. And, and he treated me like I've never been treated before in my life. I think that's what it was like. I think he was offering to them the most profound, simple message of the gospel because that's what the gospel is. Jesus accepted me even though I didn't deserve it. I think that's what it was like. You want to know what it looks like to share your faith? Do what Matthew did. They know your story, right? He wasn't in, like, in a private shack when Jesus called him. He was in front of his friends. They knew his story. They knew his relationship with Jesus. And all he did, tell them about it. It's not hard, right? I, I watched, uh, somebody mentioned Stranger Things here earlier. I watched Stranger Things. Pro <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what the crowd does, right? Tell people what you think. I watched Stranger Things about 12 months later than the rest of the world. Okay? I did. I did. You know why? 
because Chris and Christina came over and they were like, you haven't seen Stranger Things? Oh my God. Well, let me tell you, it's like this movie and it's like, and oh my God. And I go, oh man, they're like really into that thing. And then I show up to work the next day and Kennedy Breyer comes in, right? Kennedy Breyer's an intern and she starts talking about, oh my gosh, you've never seen Stranger Things? Oh my God, do you even live in America? I'm like, whoa, what is happening here, right? And then I call my friend Aaron Lawrence and I go, Aaron, bro, like all these people are talking about Stranger Things. Do you know it? You've never watched Stranger... These people were not paid commercial givers, right? They weren't receiving a check from number 11. What these people were doing was they were excited about something and they simply were sharing it. Do you guys struggle talking about things that you're excited about? Like, like when you're excited about something, right? When you come into school on Monday and you're so excited about the best team in football, the Philadelphia Eagles, like, is it hard? Do you go to your locker and go, all right, I'm gonna talk about the Eagles today. Oh my gosh, I hope nobody makes fun of it. I don't know all my statistics, but like, I just really want to talk about it. You just thought, you go, bro, and you have that look in your eye, right? You go, bro, you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying, I'm player, right? All I'm saying, friends, is that Matthew, are you got for real? Come on, recline, do something constructive, right? I'm saying Matthew, when he called them, I think he was simply just telling them what Jesus had done, what Jesus has done. This is the party, okay? This is the party. He reached his circle of influence. Who's your circle of influence? Who's your circle of influence? Who are your homies? What's your clique? Who are the people in your life that you kick it with? And what I'm simply telling you from this story that maybe, just maybe, perhaps God has sovereignly planned on reaching your circle of influence by reaching you. Maybe, just maybe, there's a circle of influence that you have in your school or on your team or in your locker room or in the clubhouse, whatever it is. And what if God called you to follow him so that he can send you to call others? How many of you grew up in church? Wow, no way. So like you've known God your whole life. Wow, like that's a privilege. You understand that? What if God in his sovereignty has given you such a blessing so that you can go and reach others. What's your circle of influence, friends? Who is God calling you to reach with the gospel? I think of people like Kailani Warren, right? And Josie Lowerman. These are people that they came to know the Lord because they had a friend named Cassie Andrews who was in third grade and she was a missionette. And she said, wait a minute, I love this stuff. I love learning about Jesus at church. I love learning about Jesus from my parents. Wait a minute, my friends don't know him. How about I tell them? Cassie, how many sermons did you preach to Kailani? How many sermons did you preach to Josie, right? How many hours did you wax eloquently about a substitutionary atonement? Every day. Every day, yeah. You know what she said? She said, come and see. She said, dude, this is changing my life. Come and see. And so there are literally people in this room who are Christians and have been baptized simply because they were in a Christian circle of influence. Many of you just raised your hand and you said, yeah, I grew up in church. I knew it my whole life. I bet you your parents didn't. I bet you your grandparents didn't. There was somewhere in your family tree that changed forever because they were in the circle of influence of a Christian. You know why I'm here today? Because my dad was walking out of the courthouse down the stairs when a random dude said, hey man, can I tell you about Jesus? And whatever possessed my dad that day, he said, he goes, I have no idea why I would stop. I was like doing a, uh, paying a, off a ticket. I was angry. I should have not had any time to listen to that dude. Three hours later, he walks off the steps of that courthouse with a desire to know Jesus Christ. Goes home and tells, goes home and tells my mom about what, what happened. And she goes, you're, you're joking. You're, that did not happen. He goes, yeah, it did. She goes, I was just at the hospital because my, my grandmother at the time, she was dying. She goes, I was just at the hospital and I just walked down to the chapel. I don't know why. I just walked into the chapel because it seemed like the thing to do, you know, because I was sad. And there was a pastor there and he told me about Jesus for an hour. My family tree was forever changed because someone interrupted it with the gospel. Who's Jesus calling you to reach? Who's in your circle of influence? Who is Jesus putting on your heart to invite to the party? To invite to the party. Are you ready for the last scene? So we see the call. Matthew, you're doing good? Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm so proud of yeah. you. Look at all the people you introduced to Jesus, man. And now the, the disciples, you guys are welcoming them, obviously, right? Right, no. Pete? Welcoming the disciples, we're good. 
<laughs> all right, here we go. Last verse here, all right? And when the Pharisees saw this, he said to his disciples, the Pharisees, how you doing? Uh, when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Pharisee, come here. I want you to whisper to your disciples. Whisper to the disciples. I want you to whisper. He says, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? That was really good, Mikey. Whisper it again to them. All right. Pharisees, how, what do you think about yourselves? We're holy, right? And so when they see this scene, when they see a holy teacher kicking it with scumbags, he can't help but look at it and say, say whisper, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? <laughs> Mikey, thank you. You're, do I, do I, I don't know. You're obviously not your Pharisee. Why does your teacher sit with them? They, I mean, like, like, of all the people you could have picked, him? <laughs> him? For real? This? Look at him. Him? Why them? Jesus, why them? They don't deserve this. They're not worthy enough to be welcomed among holy people. Assign them worth, rank them, and act accordingly. Have you ever been on the wrong side of this question? Why them? Right? Mikey's asking the question, why them? But have you ever been on the wrong side of the question when somebody else is going, why him? <laughs> You're hanging out with her? Why her? You ever been on the wrong side of the question? I have. And so here they are. The Pharisees are asking, why them? And Jesus, in the final conclusion of this passage, he drops the mic and he looks at them and he says, you don't get it, do you? You don't... <laughs> I just imagine Jesus like, Standing up and looking at the Pharisees, right? Pharisees, where are you at? Look at me. How do you feel about yourself? Oh, that's cool. Let me tell you how I feel about you. Let me tell you how I feel about you, Pharisees. He looks at them and look what he says here. This is so powerful. When he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. They look at Jesus, they look to the disciples and they go, why is he, why is he hanging out with sinners? And Jesus overhears them. They didn't even have the nerve to direct the question to him, right? They're like whispering to his disciples going, oh, look at your teacher, some mighty, mighty teacher, right? And he turns to them and he goes, you don't get it, do you? You know why I'm hanging out with them? Because doctors don't come to healthy people, they come to sick people. What a Jesus line, right? Like Jesus doesn't go, well, actually, you have to understand here, if you look back at the Bible in all of God's history, he's, he goes, let me give you a succinct picture here. Doctors don't come for healthy people. They come for sick people. Drop the mic. He goes, you don't get it, do you? These are the exact people I came for. These are the exact people who need me. And furthermore, you don't get it, Pharisees, because we're all sick. You think you're holy. You think you're good with God because you can go to do these sacrifices and you're following every little detail. But I want you to get this. I rather, rather than have you obey every little detail, rather than have you memorize the whole Bible, rather than have you show up to youth group every single week, rather than have you get a gold star on your Bible chart, I rather you just be like me. I rather you stop showing favoritism toward the scumbags. I rather you give people mercy and treat them in a way that they don't deserve to give them things that they don't deserve because that's who I am. Do you even know God? That's what he's saying to them. Do you even know God? Do you even know what he's like? Now you do because I'm here. Now you know what God's heart is because I'm God. God didn't come for people who think they have it all together and are healthy. He came for sick people. That's how he answers their question. Friends, you have to understand here, when we call people to the table, when we go into our schools, when we go to our friends and we tell people about the gospel, we're not high and mighty, hoity-toity people going, well, man, if you don't get your act together, we are sick people telling other sick people where they can find help. 
Do you understand that? Like when you're sharing the gospel with your friends, you're not saying, man, if you were on my level, you're saying, no, no, I need this. You need this. Let's go together. Let's go together. This is Jesus. And friends, can you think of any more powerful, powerful message that kids in middle school need right now? Can you think of any more powerful message that kids in high school need right now? Like, this is why I do what I do, students. This is why we're here on a Wednesday night. This is why Christine is here right now. Because middle school students and high school students don't need to hear, don't worry, just believe in yourself. You don't need to hear more self-esteem. You don't need to be taught more about morality. You don't need to have more standardized tests. And people are like, amen. No, you don't need to have more things to try to get you. You don't need to be more inclusive. You don't need to be more loving. You don't need to be. What you need is the message of a doctor who came to heal you. What you need is the message that says you don't deserve to be brought in, but let me tell you about a man who will bring you in. Your friends don't need you to compliment them and give them more likes on their social media. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ, the simple gospel that says you don't deserve to be accepted and yet Jesus accepts us. Why? I don't know. They need to hear that their past sins don't define them. They need to hear that they can be a part of a community that doesn't look at them and judge them because they made mistakes. They need to hear from you that there is a savior who will come and free them from their sins and from their addictions and from their shames. You don't need to be a preacher. You don't need to have a doctorate degree. Invite them to come to the table. Do what Matthew did and invite them into the chair. They belong, at the t- they belong in this chair, not because you're there, but because Jesus is there. You like the chair, don't you? It's okay, you can smile, buddy. It's good. And so friends, what I'm talking about here tonight, this is like, this is what citizens is all about. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. This is what citizens is all about. We are a community of sick people telling other sick people that there's a healer. That's what we're about. So tomorrow, when your friends go, what's your youth group all about? I'm glad you asked. We are a community of sick people telling other sick people that there's a healer. That's all we are. We're not the cool club, guys. We're not a community of country club students who are elitists who can invite other people into our elite club. No, we're a community of sick people telling other sick people that there's a healer. So I want you to look around the room here and notice that there's a reserved chair. You guys see it? Point to your reserved chair. Point to it, okay? This is, these are one of our symbols. This is one, these are one of our values that we are about, okay? Because you know who belongs in this chair? You tell me. You tell me, I, like, who, who belongs in that chair? Who are the people right now that you've been invited to sit down and now Jesus said, I want you to go and invite more. I don't want one tax collector, I want many tax collectors. So like literally next week, right? Like next week, what, what middle school do you go to? Or oh, you're in high school now, huh? Wow, what high school do you go to? Union. Evergreen. 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 All right, so you go to your high school, right? Like literally next week, who are the sick people that need to come and eat at the table with Jesus? Think about it. Like, like in your mind, think about that. Who are the people that are looked at in your school that people go, Psh, that would, God would never go to a church, right? If you're being honest, who are the people that you say that to? Who are the people that you look at? And maybe you don't say this out loud, but you kind of feel like a Pharisee toward them where you go, boo. Friends, if they're sick, we don't boo them. We invite them to the table because that's what Jesus did. Jesus was on a mission to sick people. You're sick people. And so what we do here at Citizens, we are engaging in that gospel mission. What we do sometimes is what we do. We look at our friends. We look at the people. We look at those girls in our class that are struggling and they're just like, oh my gosh, they're a hot mess. And I, oh my gosh, Lord, help them. 
dudes. We look at those guys, right, who are just like, oh my gosh, they're just perpetual jokesters. And oh my gosh, they're like gonna be little boys forever and they're never gonna go, oh my God, help them. Man, their lives are messed up, help them. And we say, Lord, help them. But what if he's saying you help them? What if he's like, I'm trying, but you won't talk to them. I'm trying, but you won't walk to their side of the cafeteria. I'm trying to help them, but you won't talk to them in sixth period. Lord, send them someone. I'm trying, but you're too busy judging them. What if we were a community that stopped judging people? What if we were a community that didn't care about looking like the part? What if we were a community that didn't care what kind of hodgepodge hot mess this looked like? What if we were a community that no matter who walked through those doors, they said, man, I'm welcomed here. What if we were a community engaging in the same mission that Jesus was engaging in? You know what would happen though? It'd be a lot messier in here, wouldn't it? It'd be a lot messier. It'd be a lot put together. A lot of you guys would be like, oh my goodness, can you believe she said that? There'd be people cussing in here. Maybe it smell a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's just like, it would just be a mess. It may be a scene that people look at and they go, them? Do you guys remember when Josh Lipinski shared his testimony? And he goes, I was the atheist kid from Union that hated everybody. I wore upside down crosses. And he says, I'll never forget the look on the Union high school students' faces when they walked in and saw me here. And they were like, what is he doing here? Remember, right? I want more of that. I want people in these chairs that when we look at them, we go, what is he doing here? And then we go, wait a minute, no, because we're engaging in gospel mission. But you know how we're going to reach them? Through people who are in their circle of influence. I don't kick it with the cross-country team at Union. I don't. It's not my homies. What up? I don't kick it with the basketball players at Mountain View, right? I'm not on the swim team at Camus. I'm not on the cheerleader squad at Prairie High School, right? Go Prairie! I'm not. That's your circle of influence. And so the way that we're going to respond, I'm going to invite the band up. And what I want you to do, around your table, there's pens and there's some index cards here or pieces of paper. And what I want you to do is I want you to write down names of people who belong in that chair. You guys can sit down, thank you. I want you to go and write down names of people who belong in that chair. And I want you to pray for them. And I just want you to pray for them. Maybe you belong in a chair. Can I, can I say that? There are people of you in this room that you're kind of doing this. You're kind of standing like by a table. You actually never sat down in community. You know what you can do? Come to camp. Maybe there's friends that would never come to a youth group on a Wednesday night, but invite them to youth, but invite them to youth camp. Camp is a great way to sit in that chair. But it begins with prayer. And I want you to take a moment, write down on the paper that's in front of you. There's, there's papers here, anywhere, write them down. All right? Names. And then you staffers at the table, I want you to facilitate some prayer. All right? For the next five minutes, we'll do this and, uh, and then we'll sing.